All right. Hello, everybody. This is Jill. And we have this monthly message. My allergies are bad. So I took an allergy pill, but I'm tickling with my nose. I apologize. Um, but let's get started. I encourage you to join me in closing your eyes. And let's take a couple nice deep breaths. Okay, I feel Metatron wanting to come through and I, I love everybody, but I am, there's a special kind of science-y side of Metatron that I sort of geek out about, but he's asking me to go quite deeper. So I'm gonna just take a moment and go deeper. <clears throat> okay. Hmm. Hmm. We want to talk today with a special group about grace and humility. We see a lot of stress, anxiety, anger, disappointment for various and a growing number of things. That grace and humility that you ideally start with yourself, that when you have a great idea and when you are the professional, when you are the expert in the room or in a situation, or you're the wise one that has more experience and more um, prophetic insight even to something, that adding that amount of grace and humility to the situation will make you even better at being that go-to person that has great ideas and possible solutions. Now notice I said possible solutions because so much, even with a professional, even with an expert is an experiment. The entire reality and realm of space-time is very much an experiment. And we don't, when we say that, we're not meaning like anyone that decided to incarnate is like a lab rat um, or an experimented upon. You are part of the experiment and at the widest range of yourself, at some point when you incarnated from that widest range, you did so willingly and knowingly aware of the risks, aware of the the gift for self and others of grace and humility. So starting with that for yourself and then offering it to others that are professional, that are experts, that are the, you know, the, the ones who are supposed to know best or the ones who are no, supposed to know better, allowing them grace and humility as well as yourself will help the entire process of life and living and trial and error, and sometimes things go well and sometimes they don't. Um, it will help all of that be smoother, have allow you better access to your 
um, most likable self, your most lovable self, and it will really connect you with that, um, that source creator energy within yourself, which is eternally graceful, eternally um, compassionate, and not, not having the first inclination to lay blame or to find fault. This has been a theme in some of the other work that we've done through Jill too. Um, one of the Labyrinth series messages focused on something like cosmic justice and how on earth there is this, not preoccupation, but let's just say a false sense of certainty regarding who's at fault, who's to blame, you know, what went wrong. And there are so many idiosyncratic sort of layers to every experience that are not with purpose, that are not with meaning, that are not with intention. And the more that you allow yourself that, it is an allowance, that you give yourself that allowance of idiosyncratic, nonsensical, this doesn't make sense, or I didn't expect that, uh, behaviors in your reality, you will enjoy your life more. You will enjoy your you more and you will better appreciate others. Okay. There's a line that we've been using for over 10 years with her. Everybody is doing the best they can with what they know. That seems too easy almost, but it is complicated because when you apply that to an individual level, where what some individuals think is right and they're experiencing mental illness or they're experiencing cognitive dissonance or fragmentation or a little visit or a high to being hijacked by Watiko, it gets really complicated really quick. And that's why your reality looks so mean sometimes and so brutish at times. No one deserves the, the brunt of that pain. No one deserves the tip of that sword or spear or the, uh, the gunshot wound of shutting something down. We said this was going to get complicated, didn't we? Let's talk about the word deserves. It's not natural to your godly layers to be happy when somebody is put to death or when somebody on some sort of rampage is stopped in a life ending manner. It's not natural as your godly layers to say, yay, we got him. And yet, given the human experience and how easily somebody on a rampage or somebody being affected by Watiko or somebody that is just misinformed or egotistical or narcissistic or mentally unwell and unstable can harm so many without 
possibly intending to, whether they should have known better is always debatable. But that that range of you that can at least a part of you staying soft and not getting overly hardened about the nature of life and what a gift every every waking, living, loving, caring being, even when they go off the rails um, and don't, you know, start losing their own sense of values and uh, connection to source energy or getting hijacked, any of those things. We're always hopeful about those humans. And we know that some of you with your angelic godly ways are very much eternally hopeful about humans too. And even individually, even a human that has been through or demonstrated just absolutely horrible behavior. There is naturally, for some of you, for a tiny portion actually of humanity, a portion of you that says, well, maybe he can change. Maybe she can change. Maybe she can get well. Maybe he can get well, right? And those of you that have that sort of unending optimism and hopefulness about another person, no matter what they've done, no matter what they've been through, that is so godly. That is so godly. And we love that. And we notice your guys' hearts get hurt more often than those that are just like, nope, you know, they don't deserve to live anymore. They did this, 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 you know, end it, end it for us all, you know, kind of thing. Um, we understand and have compassion for that human reaction as well. To us, that doesn't feel like a contradiction of what we're saying right here. It's the it's the necessary latitude to accommodate for the unconditional love and grace and compassion that humans deserve given the sometimes crazy reality that you're calling home during your incarnation. Okay, so, you know, with really uh, controversial subjects like the death penalty and abortion and other things, we totally understand that there is a part of you that is just like, I just want to keep that really complicated matter simple. I know we're playing God, but can it just be this way? Uh, we totally understand the complexity and the, the seeming like, God, I wish really wish we had like the right answer here. So we want to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit here and hope it's helpful on these particular matters, actually. Jill's getting nervous that we're talking about these two things. There was a young woman that came to see Jill for a reading. She'd probably been doing readings less than two years. And it was at a little psychic healing fair at a library in her town, a tiny little boutique kind of library. And Jill gave the reading, and then the woman looked at her and said, I had an abortion when I was 18, if we're remembering that number correctly. And I just want to know, am I going to be punished for that? And this, this woman was probably in her mid-20s. She had so much you know, success and enjoyment in her life, and she was concerned that there was going to be some sort of a consequence for that choice, which is a great question given your time and the, the uncertainty about 
how this, you know, who and what the soul is and who and what God is and what kind of grace is available for seemingly impossible choices that you guys experience in, within your incarnation. So what came to Jill from her team and from Source Energy, her team as her Source Energy was that soul that would have been your child and you agreed that something wasn't right about the timing or the situation. And you both had an opportunity to make your case for that child uh, being born and coming into the world. And you both had the opportunity on a soul level to make your case about, oh, maybe this isn't right. And both of you agreed that the timing wasn't right and didn't feel right. So that soul, that soulful range that would have been your child gave you a hug goodbye, right? Gave you a hug like, okay, maybe another time. I love you and I wish you well. And um, if I want to incarnate, I'll I'll do it another way or I'll wait for you or whatever. It's, it's totally okay. Um, and the client was sitting there just like so relieved. Who knows how long? she had been walking around with that dark secret. Well, to her, you know, it wasn't a dark secret, but in the society, it can feel like a dark secret of, oh my God, am I the worst person in the world? Um, and she just, she lightened up, she brightened up. She said, oh, thank, you. thank you. I was hoping that was true. And that is true. So whether it's a miscarriage or a stillbirth or an, abo an abortion, those souls are not, they're not, there's no, there's no ending of the soulfulness, okay? That soulfulness sometimes may have been the one that was like, oh, are you really, are you really ready for me? Is he ready for me? What's going on here? I don't know. Maybe I don't want to be incarnated right now. It looks kind of scary in there, <laughs> you know? So there can be so many reasons that are often not personal to the parents, not personal to the mother um, or any, any assessment. And sometimes it's the, it's the mother. Uh, sorry, dads, you guys, you, guys, you guys get a say of whether, you know, in some ways, but not whether they come into the reality. That's a, that's a mom, mom soulfulness of future child situation. Um, but the, sometimes it's the mother that's like, oh my God, I don't know. Ooh, like to, you know, I thought I wanted this, but now I don't want this, or I didn't think I wanted this, and do I want this? You know, there's, there's, it's a huge, it's almost like the biggest decision um, that a woman will make, and to make that harder with the weight of uh, supposed sinfulness, and there will be judgment for this, and and what that being represents in utero, and what it doesn't represent, it's just so. Um, gosh, it just makes a really hard situation even harder. So from our perspective, it's not about being, you know, pro this or pro, pro that. It's that it's a really important decision to bring a life into the world and that we wish there were better choices. But for anyone who has ever been in any of those situations, there is the soulfulness is more than intact. Um, that soulfulness, even if that that future what would have been a future of human never came in. Um, they can be watching out for the mother and maybe watch that mother have other children and be cheering her on and hoping she feels 
you know, loving and caring and like the best mother ever and, and does the best job she can with those children and that the children are loving and kind and feeling soulful and all those things. So it's, um, it can be looked at very beautifully in all, in all situations, no matter what's chosen. Um, okay, so there's that part. So much human suffering. Oh, God, we are really going there. Okay. So much human suffering is the effect of a soulfulness that incarnated at a narrower range of themselves where they didn't feel a great choice of parents or a great choice of timing. They didn't feel like they got to fully design, kind of pre-design their human. Um, it's almost like some of the features that wasn't available to them. Um, mental illness. Mental illness is not something that at our widest range of our soulfulness, we would regularly pick. Um, so knowing that, especially in the in the present range of of humanity, where mental illness is so much more common than it was in other eras, other earlier areas eras of humanity. Um, There are some souls, the soulfulness, the widest range of view, that are very cautious about incarnating in general and are incredibly cautious about incarnating during your timeline. Um, because mental illness can happen. Um, it can be situation-based. It can be genetic. Um, it can be nurture um you know how one was raised there are so many variables that can go into um the human feeling compromised and not fully equipped to like be their best self and live their um live a life that they would enjoy appreciate and want to want to do again you know that's kind of the ultimate litmus test of somebody's life is would the soulfulness want to want to be that again even if nothing changed um, and sometimes we say, you know, the, the widest range of soulfulness says yes. And sometimes the widest range of soulfulness says, oh no, that, that hurt a lot more than it, than it felt good, um, or enjoyable or pleasant or, you know, feeling purposeful even to themselves as their, as their human range.
Okay. So there's a lot of ways we can go right here. Let's do the death penalty topic next. <laughs> When someone is sentenced to their life being ended by the government, by the state, however it's viewed, their, their team, their soulfulness is very ready for them. Um, yeah. going to do our best to explain this. So at everyone's widest range of soulfulness, they are nothing but godly. There is no shadow side. There is no voids. There are no lessons that need to be learned. There is no um, requirement of experiencing everything or living in an incarnated state from all sides of the experience. There's nothing like that. At the widest range of soulfulness, there is a state of curiosity, um, a state of a definitely inner harmony, inner bliss, inner wholeness and completeness, and utter godliness. And it's that curiosity part. <laughs> it's the curiosity part of that widest range of, of soulfulness, though, that purest essence of godliness that says, wow, what if we had this thing called, I don't know what we call it, but what if there was this like place where we could feel different in a really physical, like, I don't know what to call it, different way from each other. And, and wouldn't that be wild? You know, maybe we should, we should try that. Maybe, what would that be like? What would that be like? Let's, let's experiment. Let's see what can happen, right? So when you look at the outcome of some of some of those some of those creations, it's, it's debatable easily in terms of like, is this worth it? Should we still do this? Should we shut this down? <laughs> Should we pause this experiment? Is it worth it anymore? So we're taking these very volatile issues, these highly contentious issues. And we're just wanting to really dive into them and offer that there's godliness, including there. So I mean, we're trying to think of an example of anyone that has been put to death based on crimes that that I mean, there are some, but there's there's a lot of others where that person was like, there was so much fragmentation. There definitely was the Mutiko hijacking framework there that had been utilized. There can be mental illness there. So there there is a lot that we that we try to assist that range that was the range of consciousness that that was their humanness that range of themselves can be difficult for the widest range of soulfulness to even interact with, right? Just as when they were alive, right? It's so bizarre. I mean, and it's, it, it is part of the design feature that while we're incarnated, we have this 
it's like an altered state from our soulfulness and it's it's weird and wild and you could definitely feel fully disconnected from god um but you don't have to right and hopefully all the work that we're doing is making it easier for those that are interested in feeling more connected to source energy individually and from the inside out not the outside in hopefully we're hopefully hopefully we're making that easier for everyone that desires it but it's it's a noisy space so even if you do have like the the most simplistic successful approach doesn't mean those that want it are going to hear about it which is we're trying to trying to work on that it's a it is just a noise there's so many uh human oriented creations now that that it, it's just hard to kind of wade through them and cut through the you know what what doesn't work um we understand that anyway so let's take an example of someone that was literally put to death um received a death sentence and it was carried out and we'll just ask for an example here Okay. All right, that's this is gonna be highly unusual. Let's um let's let this game come through. Yeah, sorry, we're just having a conversation because he was a man. Um, but then Andy, he's just looking at me like, I don't think she's going to be cool with mediumship from me. And I'm kind of, so he, anyway, he's being to me is super respectful. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm not, I don't know if I'm cool with this either. <laughs> so can we just, can you just talk to your manager and I won't do the mediumship version of this. Yeah. Thank you. That feels better to me too. I appreciate that. Okay. Um, so Metatron will translate here. Okay. So this being, let's just call him Carl. He he knew when he was committing acts of crime, criminal acts. Um, there was the wider range of him, not the widest range, but a wide enough range that was like, this is like, this is not okay. What's happening? He definitely felt hijacked in each of those moments, and it so it felt like a force took him over, um, and. We call that Ritiko, W-E-T-I-K-O, of course. Um, and he wondered if there would be kind of like a price to pay. Um, he wasn't sure as his wider range of self that it would mean his life um, because part of him was thinking, yeah, I totally messed up and I completely committed these crimes. And I, you know, when I was being taken over, I was a horrible person, but killing me doesn't bring anybody, doesn't fix any of this. It doesn't bring anybody back. So how is that, how is that the right answer? Um, and I know it was expensive to incarcerate me and all my trials and I appealed, you know, as often as I could and tried to keep it going. Um, it did feel good to be alive, even though I was in, been in prison for decades. And then at some point it was my turn to just like, yeah, they're gonna carry out your sentence. And that seemed to take forever. Um, just the days leading up to it, all of that, there's, it gets really quiet around you. 
um, the people get really quiet around you. They kind of leave you alone. It's like, you know, it, it's, a, it's just weird. Um, uh, it gets quiet. It got quiet for me inside too. There was this sense of like the, like a, I didn't feel hijacked as much in those times. Some of my thoughts were still hijacked. Um, but there were like flashes, almost like a flashing on and off of, of what I knew as the, like the nice me, the good me, the me that I, me that I wanted to continue being and wish I would have fought harder for, um, especially in the moments of being hijacked. That part of me was trying to comfort like the rest of me. So that was kind of cool. Um, I did have dreams of my life being over and feeling relieved about it. I had um, daytime kind of like surreal kind of dreams of of what it would be like on the day that my my body was shut down and hoping it wasn't as painful as as some you know thought it might be. Um, I just wanted it to be quick, um, if knowing it was going to happen and that it was nothing else I could do. The moment I um, mine was lethal injection, so for me the moment it started to go into my body. I was already out of my body. I already felt um, what felt like a angelic force kind of take, it felt like taking my hand. It's not my physical hand, but if you will, if you have a spirit hand in your, in your wider range of you, it felt like it was taking the hand and sort of like you, let's step out for this part that we probably don't want to be in the body suit for this to you. And I was sort of like, no. And I was glad I had a choice because part of me may have been curious, but I wasn't curious enough to do that. So I stepped out of my bodysuit and I realized, yeah, that Jill realizes now she is letting me come through. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So far, so good. Um, um, so I stepped out of my bodysuit. I didn't even look back. I didn't want to watch any of it. I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, watch my, um, my mom was still alive. My dad, I never knew. Um, I mean, I knew who he was, but I I didn't feel like I ever had that. Um, but I would I didn't want to see my mom when that was happening. I um, I had the chance, obviously, to see her afterwards and do what I could. She couldn't really feel me, but I I you know I kept trying to kind of get through to her and let her know it was okay and that I I was not in hell. And good news, there isn't hell. <laughs> um, I know she'd be happy to hear that. Um, she was a great mom. She she definitely did her best. And I don't blame her for anything. Yeah. Um, so I definitely, I mean, you guys in this community, you talk about how in the afterlife, there's this, there's this sort of game or scam that, that definitely happened. I felt, um, I felt loved. I felt, I felt taken care of in the afterlife when I stepped out of my bodysuit. And I felt a lot of comfort and compassion, which felt weird given what I had just sort of experienced and been through. Um, I mean, it's pretty weird when you, when your entire, your sense of your entire uh, state in my case was just like, yeah, you, we need to get you out of here. Like we need to end your life. That's a, wow, that's, that's, that's serious. And what I did was serious. So I know part of me was like, I get it. I probably wouldn't want me around either, especially if I were some of those beings that were affected directly by my crimes. Um, 
part of you still feels like, really, that's kind of harsh. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I, I probably couldn't have been rehabilitated. It would have taken more than a miracle to, for me to transform into a version of me that was reliably safe with myself and with other people. I don't know if given my state as my humanness and how I operated and what influences I was under and the range of which you go that was regularly operating within me, I don't, I don't, I mean, I'd put like a 5% chance that I could have been like a, a high functioning, well-functioning member of society that no one needed to kind of check up on things. Um, which doesn't seem fair. I mean, that's a lot of resources just for me to have freedom, right? Um, so I'm not speaking for everybody. I'm just giving my situation. But in the afterlife, I I definitely didn't feel ostracized. I didn't I didn't feel judged. I felt I I felt nothing but love, which was really great. Um, I was confused, definitely in some ways, and didn't know what was happening. And I. I'm kind of a like, let me hang back and just see what happens kind of person. And that didn't feel like an option. It felt like there was this, um, this process to go through first you do this. Um, let's, you know, heal your um, energetic body. I think they called it. Um, there were, it felt like a lot of white coats, almost like a, this was my experience. And Jill, Jill's telling me that you can imagine it and visualize it however you want to, because you don't have eyes. Um, so you can kind of fill in the holes of, of what something you, you wish it would look like. Um, and you can change things around. And so it's kind of fun. Um, anyway, I pretended that they had white coats and they were very like a, like a nice hospital or a nice, a nice clinic where they, they really do want to help you. Um, so for me, there was like a healing process, but there was definitely a schedule and I, I didn't want to leave the healing center, but um, they sort of made it sound like, yeah, you can't stay here longer. Um, you got to keep moving. And there was the life review. <laughs> I was trying to avoid that. I was asking if I could just pick and choose what I wanted to look at. And they were like, no, sorry, it doesn't work that way. That hurt. That was hard. Um, there wasn't a life review that let me understand the Watiko though. So that now that, I mean, I'm obviously speaking to you guys through Jill. So there's there's another awareness that I'm that I'm operating from as a wider range of me than was operating in the afterlife at that time. Um, but that would have been cool if I would have had better, um, if the life review would have included like, oh, that's what happened. Like, wow, yeah, that didn't, it's like I wasn't even there that day. What the heck? That's how that happens? Really? Wow. If I hadn't, if I hadn't have done this or if I had done that, then I would have never been taken over that day. And then that you know, me being at the, the hands, in the hands, me being the hands of that criminal would have never happened. Um, wow. Good to know, right? Um, why didn't anyone tell me that there, right? Um, so that, that part of me, um, the life review, I felt, I mean, they were trying to explain things, but it did feel really limited in explanation when I would ask why I didn't, I didn't like the answers I got. They didn't, they didn't feel like they were as, they definitely weren't like what you guys experienced. It was, it was definitely limited information, and, but they felt confident that they had all the right answers. Um, kind of like a lot of, you know, 
spiritual teachers and teachings and organized religions feel like, yes, we have the answers. And and then an acquiring type of person says, but that doesn't make sense. <laughs> that isn't an answer. Okay. So I had the life of you. Um, you get to do it as many times as you want to. I <laughs> definitely only did it once. Um, especially when I realized there wasn't a lot of learning that was happening there. They didn't have any, any better answers that I feel would make me make better choices in another life. Um, I have not reincarnated yet. I'm one of those that's hanging out here, hoping, I don't, I don't know what I'm hoping for. I just know that I don't want to hurt anybody again. So I'm delaying as long as possible. Then luckily time operates in a different way here, although there is some, some time in the afterlife. So um, I'm still hanging out. There's others that are hanging out. It feels crowded at times, but that's terrible. It doesn't feel like hell and it kind of feels like heaven. I think heaven is probably a little bit better than this. So if there is a heaven, I, I don't feel all the way there. Um, but I like this, oops, sorry. I like this, this version of me, this range of me and I, I feel safe and I feel like others are safe around me. You can't cause harm up here in that way. Um, anyway, so that's my story. Thank you, Paula. Hmm. Okay, sorry, it just took a minute. I'm directing him to the, the process of inverting that we've talked about this community um, so that he has that and he can uh, consider that and possibly experiment with that where that and what, what happened then is that range of Carl that's in the afterlife operating as a narrow, so he, his widest range of self has no limit. And the range of his Carl um, was is really narrow, right? Like most humans are. Alicia's asking, Jill, who are you talking about? Alicia, I'm letting the being that was killed in a, if, can someone else answer Alicia's question? Because I think the others of you are tracking. Thank you so much. Um, so this Carl being that was um, put to death because of crimes that he had committed was, was and still is a little bit giving us a peek on what his experience was like. Um, okay, so Carl, I'm asking that he, in the afterlife, that range of him, so it was trying to explain something, thank you. Um, the human range of him was really, really small when he was him, when he was this person, Carl. Um, and then his soulfulness is wide, 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 doesn't have any limits, okay? And then in the afterlife, you're a slightly wider version of what you were in your humanness. So you do have a little bit more awareness, but it's not instant at all that you have your widest range of self because your widest range of self is operating beyond all the space and time. So that range of you is always available. Um, I mean, it's always present. It's always operating and my goal, even as my Jill and in my work, is that we have as best access possible to that widest range of our soulfulness while we're incarnated so that we can have a better experience in the afterlife and so that we have better choices in the afterlife, including having that range of us that's operating at the afterlife state inverting on itself beyond space-time so that that range of self has it's almost like a full reunion with its widest range of soulfulness. And that's super cool. 
So then the widest range of soulfulness can make another them, it can make another incarnation if it wants to or not, it doesn't have to. But the cycle that's happening in the afterlife is that all those little balls of energy that had been an even tinier ball as a human is they're in this system in the afterlife and they're, they're being told similar type of misinformation to what we have here of, you know, what we are, what God is, what we have to do, what we don't have to do. Um, all of these belief structures, right, are just operating just like they are in a humanist. They're operating in the afterlife. They were created within humanness and then they were brought into the afterlife by the consciousness that was human. So now they're, now they're, now they're operating in the afterlife. So in the afterlife, it's confusing too. So there, there is this, um, there's, there is a belief system that's available in the afterlife of, yeah, you need to reincarnate again for whatever reasons the belief system is dictating. Um, so there's a lot of unnecessary reincarnation. So one um, hypothesis is that those that are in humanness that are highly susceptible to Wittiko, um, highly um, unstable, very, um, very much in mentally, um, mental health kind of like challenges, uh, situations at any point in life. It's, it's my hypothesis since the reading actually this week is that, and Metatron's nodding, like, keep going. This is good. This is well, this, yes. Um, is that the vast majority of, or if not all of that, a very tiny percentage is from, a, an incarnation that happened from the widest range of soulfulness, the vast majority of mental health, mental illness, um, Wittiko takeovers, especially that are regular, is happening to those that reincarnated from that littler ball of them in the afterlife. There is a state of being compromised in the afterlife, and then the compromised state continues, and it can actually proliferate and, and get worse. So even, I'm so glad, thank you so much, uh, Metatron and Carl for, for letting us have a little glimmer into Carl's experience because he definitely had mental health issues. He told us that he had Wetiko, um, definite Wetiko hijacks at, at, at some range, at some era of his life as, as what we're calling Carl. Um, and the idea that, that we're now you know, helping him with the inversion process and that he felt so free and clear when I talked to him just now. So that was good. Um, I think he'll get it. Like, I mean, he could get it. He could totally get it. So that's super encouraging that, that we can be more open-minded. We can be more open-hearted uh, no matter what our human life looked like in the afterlife. We can be open to a completely different way of um, moving forward, if you will and moving forward by ditching space-time <laughs> and reconnecting with their widest range of soulfulness. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Wow, okay. Let me know if you have questions. At least it doesn't make sense now, because if it doesn't, yeah, I know you as a very intelligent, very sharp person, and if it didn't make sense after I explained it, hopefully a little bit better, let me know. This is way beyond our normal brain functioning. So I, I'm so glad we went here today. I'm really surprised we went here today, but I'm super glad we went here today. 
there, I mean, my takeaway, and yeah, Jesus is gonna help with this. There, there is there is always hope, no matter what a human, a, a, any human incarnation look like. It can look like, you know, the the worst of the worst. And somebody being put to death for crimes he did commit. He wasn't an innocent, um, he wasn't falsely convicted. That I mean, can you that was the perfect example. And I love, I totally loved Carl and how he came through. Um, yeah, and I hope it, I hope, I hope the experiment of his inverting and just having that ball that he is of energy in the afterlife, just sort of, you know, invert on itself um, so that he has that kind of, you know, kind of coming up for air experience. And for those that don't know, the steps for inverting are very similar to what we call meditation which is, um, yeah, you can practice it here and you, you won't pop out of space time <laughs> if you do it all your life, but you can, if you keep trying it until, it until it until it works for you in the afterlife, you can do it and it's amazing. Um, but you can practice inverting on, your, on yourself now. And it's just by closing your eyes, putting a smile on your face, taking some nice deep breaths, and just allow yourself to go within yourself. You may imagine a slide behind your eyes that goes down to your heart. And hopefully as you do it, you have a sensation of feeling bigger than you did before you closed your eyes and started the process. Very good. Okay. So you let yourself imagine being wider and wider and wider. And then you can imagine, pretend that there's almost like a spot or can feel like a like a black dot kind of at a deep center of you within the sphere, within the ball of energy that you are. And you imagine going into that dot. And when we do it while we're in our body suits, there can be an incredible sense of peace and calm. Um, some humans are benefit from imagining or remembering as their eyes are closed, mouth is, mouth is smiling, um, their very happiest memories of being alive when they, any, you know, that's transcendence, right? So the moment where you're just feeling like, oh yeah, that was good, that was good. If you can access those happy memories, it may make it easier for you to feel that softness and that bigness in your energy field. Um, just keep practicing any part of your brain that wants to be critical, that wants to be harsh, that wants to be, you know, harsh on you and or harsh on others. Just tell it to shush. It's not going to be helpful in this situation. It's the opposite of helpful. It's incredibly unhelpful. That part of the brain, if it's really overactive in you, is the part that you're going to want to learn to manage, learn to operate like a big dog with the choke chains that have the, the little grippers on it because they're incredible animals. We had a German shepherd that we needed that kind of chuck chain. He was beautiful, but he definitely needed those little, those little clawed kind of like that. And it's so sad. It's called the chuck chain. I know I seem like a horrible pet bomb, but it helped him be a better Riley. And he would be like, Oh, okay. Mom's tightening up. Okay. I'm here. I'm good. Okay. Good. <laughs> you know, not running away, not chasing another dog. Um, anyway, so that inverting, <laughs> is a process of helping you create inner bliss, which is your social range. 
So by going into the black dot at the center of yourself, when it feels like, okay, there's, there's more peacefulness, there's more love here, I feel huge here. I feel like my sphere at this point doesn't have an edge. Bravo, you're doing great. And you may need to keep kind of practicing that. That is assisting you in accessing the soulful range that you are, even, even though you're also having a human experience, even though you also have a you that you are being in humanity. So what happens when we do that in the afterlife, right? If we have practice in our humanness, that's so much better. In the afterlife, when we do it, when we go into that black dot, we can actually like pop. It's almost like a sock being pulled inside out. I talk a lot about, I talk, you know, in the, that's the first lesson we do in the Updating Humanity Workshop, which I highly recommend. Um, updating Humanity Workshop. So it can feel like a sock, like you grab the toe and you pull it in on itself. It can feel like a donut, like getting or a ball getting twisted into a donut. It's hard to explain in, in 3D. Anyway, but what it feels like to the range of you that's doing the inversion in the afterlife, it can feel like you're coming up for air. Like you've been way, way, way underwater and all of a sudden you're like, <gasps> so that's what it feels like to go from within space-time to have that range of you that's operating transcend space-time into beyond space and time. It can feel like coming up for air because all of space and time is in a sphere. It was created by our source energy. It's amazing. Okay, so the other sensation that can happen is it can feel like a beach ball. There's like an inflatable ball that's been held underwater and then it's just let go. And it's going, it just whoop, it goes right to the surface. You can feel like that too. So you can feel a rushing sensation, possibly like you're in a tube. Um, and it, it, I mean, if you've already inverted, that's not scary. If you've already allowed an inversion in that state of inner bliss um, and that state of inner uh, harmony, there's nothing scary about it. It's like, ooh, you know, there's a sense of, of like, oh, well, what is this gonna be? A, a godly curiosity, right? Okay, so that's that's the way to transcend the afterlife and transcend space and time. Now, at that widest range of you, you can incarnate whenever you want. You literally can make a you that's in 5000 BC. You can make as many yous as you want. But what's interesting is that that widest range of ourselves, we we don't, <laughs> we, we take those choices very seriously. <laughs> so yes, we're curious, but we're not masochists, right? So that, that widest range of ourselves, we're like, I'm, you know, so, you know, we hang out. There is still a sense of individuation at the, the widest soulful range at our most godly, at our widest godly range, our widest godly selves. There's still a sense of self and other, but it doesn't feel as definitive like here. So there are conversations, right? It's like, oh, how many, are you in there? Are you, are you in the space-time continuum? Yeah, I've got a couple of me's, you know, and we just chat about it. It's like, oh, what you, what's, your, what's your you doing in there, right? Um, and there can be a sense of ourselves that, that since it's beyond time, there, any them can, I mean, it's so difficult to explain with words. At the widest range of ourselves, it never didn't happen, but it also 
is always happening. <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, and <laughs> Madhushan just kind of almost like patted me on the head jokingly. Like I'm like, it's okay, little Joe. <laughs> it's it's okay that you can't describe this. It is hard to describe. But my hope, well, my <laughs> oh, I can't talk. Oh my god, this is going bad. Okay, so what we're what my point is here is that at the widest range of you, you can incarnate as many times as you want, or not at all. You you never have to incarnate. You can be curious about it and check in with others and go, I don't know, I'm still not convinced it's worth it. Sounds like a lot of pain and suffering in there can happen to anyone. The good things can, bad things can happen to even good people. And I hope I would be a good person. And, <laughs> and then Carl's soulfulness is like, don't, don't place any bets on that. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Um, one incarnation away from getting stuck in that afterlife cycle and reincarnating enough times where you're literally the worst person on the planet and they want to kill you to get you out of the way. Oh, yeah, that's so weird, right? This is such a weird, weird place, weird space. Lives, it's just crazy. Okay, so the reason I love for people to do this inversion process and it's, I'm not trying to say everybody should meditate because I don't think everybody meditates like like I like what I mean by meditation. Um, mine is the ability to go within yourself and recognize you are more than your brain. You have a range of you that's operating that can close your eyes and notice colors, right? Noticing colors with your eyes closed is not possible according to our five human senses, right? So there's a range of us that we can be more playful with and comfortable with and reside within that redefines our humanness. It recalibrates our sense of who and what we are to something bigger. And ideally that something bigger is more godly and not another vehicle for Watiko and that kind of nonsense. So I don't see that as a risk. Anyway, so the, the bigger you can allow your energy field to feel, the more choices you can have in your life. And you'll have better access. I don't know if this is true for everybody, but I hope it's true for everybody, that everyone that would do this process regularly of going within, you know, allowing yourself to get beyond your thoughts and beyond your brain, not to hear messages, just, just to feel the feels of you being bigger than your humanist thinks it is that that range of you can then possibly have better access to better questions, better answers, better ideas for you and for in your profession or, you know, whatever, whatever you do, um, all manner of life. So there's a better version of you. There's always a better version of us. There will always be a better version of us possible. Um, and that's one of the reasons why so many of the other belief systems that are operating in this reality feels so incredibly wrong to me is that they're pretending that you're supposed to reach a certain level and then and then you don't have to incarnate again i'm just like oh my god that that's so wrong on so many levels and so such a such a huge misunderstanding it really causes a lot of problems in life and in the afterlife which leads to more more incarnations that are not designed from that widest range of self so um, what's the other kind of point that we wanted to offer today? We'll see if I can get it. And then we'll go to your guys' questions. I know, Mandy, I think you had one. 
Okay, let me see what this other point was. Oh, I can't get it. Maybe it'll just come to me. I'll be open to it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Very interesting. All right, let me go to the chat and see. I need my glasses on. Hold on. Oh, thank you, Ingram. Sending love to my mom who had surgery. Um. Oh, that's why it wasn't clear because you missed it. Okay, so Alicia, you were late. Yes, so you're going to want to listen to the replay. That's why, because I was like, oh, it might not be clear. <laughs> anyway, I apologize. Um, okay, so Alicia, when you re-listen to the, or re-watch the whole thing, you'll go, oh, Carl, okay, <laughs> got it. He's a, he's a helper, a visitor helper in this conversation today. Um, and then Alicia said, will we recognize those with a wider range in the afterlife um, it's possible. Oh, I know my other point. Okay. Don't let me forget this when I was just talking about here with Alicia and the, will we recognize those with a wider range in the afterlife? And now did I forget it again? Oh my God, Joe. Shoot. I did. Okay. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> it'll come to me again if I, if I'm <laughs> going to get it. Um, so it's possible that you will recognize those with a wider range in the afterlife, but you also may not. And our advice is to not let it be about that. That every all of our instructions to offer in the afterlife have nothing to do with you noticing anyone else, okay? Anyone else. So just you know, give yourself a pause for a moment on how many things have been attributed to the afterlife. In the afterlife, I will this. I will, I mean, Alisa, you meeting, you meeting Ashley again, right? That there's a lot of stories about that. And but our advice to be to a, a better way to meet Ashley is at the widest range of herself, which is not hanging out in the afterlife. That's a that's a that's that smaller ball, right? Um, or she's inverted, right? Anyway, so if you really want to reconnect with somebody that you loved and adored here in this reality, please do that from the inverting process. Invert, go to the widest range of you, and then be like, who is my Ashley? <laughs> and she will be right there. And she'll go, oh, you're here. Like, you made it <laughs> to the widest range of you. You inverted. <laughs> but the other, the other important part to know is that that widest range of Ashley is already with, with the the widest range of Alicia and was never not available to each other. <sighs> right? There we go. Okay. Oh, that's so important for any of us that have that have lost a loved one in this reality, and everybody's lost a loved one, right? Um, but it's all it's all personal and it's all uh <coughs> ah. Nobody else's longing for their loved one is exactly like you longing for your loved one. It's always special and unique and that's perfect. That's good. Anyway, so any of you that want to reconnect with a loved one, I would encourage you to consider that, that, that doing that in the afterlife is not the best way to do that. And that a better way for you to feel connected with them, even while you're in your human body suit, is by going within, doing this inversion process on yourself and having a space for them and you in your heart. And that is allowing you access, you're creating access within your humanness to the range of their soulfulness and the range of your soulfulness that is the widest, right? I have a meditation on this on YouTube. 
um, reconnecting with loved ones, I think is what I call that. But if you did uh, reconnecting with loved with lost loved ones, uh, Joe Renee Feeler in a YouTube search, I'm sure you'll get it. Or do maybe my name first, because there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of options, right? A lot of choices for how you do this, and it's going to be different depending on who you ask. Um, yeah. Um, the the point that we were going to make is that this has just kind of come to me over the past couple of years, and I've been doing this over 10 years now, is that think about that woman, that example that Matatron gave of that client that asked um, the consequences of, of her having chosen to have an abortion. That would, in another era, not too long ago, right? That would have been a question that people would have asked their priest or their pastor or some other authoritative figure of what God is, what God's laws are, um, and all of the structure um, that, that God operates in. <laughs> I feel like a joke, Lord's over, <laughs> you know. Um, so this is a very interesting time that there are more and more individuals that are no longer either appreciating the answers that are coming from um, some of those very uh, institutional structures, or they're just feeling like, I don't think those are the right answers. Um, so there's the part of me as my Jill that takes um, incredible amounts of seriousness and making sure that the answers I'm offering are are godly as I know God and I love how I know God. Um, I love my connection and, and sense of sense of God and how loving it is. Um, how yeah just everything I would want God to be is real. Um, so having that opportunity to offer it to them and knowing that there are so many other answers that they would get from somebody else that is in a similar um offering themselves in a similar position. But it's, it is a trip. I mean, if you really think about it, because if you look at priests, bishops, um, shamans, and those of us that through, I mean, any organized religions, authority figures that are operating in humanists, right? And then any of us that are doing work similar to this, there, it, it is interesting how to who to the community, to the audience, to the clientele, there's an equal footing kind of thing. Um, that's a big responsibility, right? So I take that responsibility incredibly seriously um, while doing it in a way, my way. Um, I don't, yeah, that's kind of a separate topic. We do that in the practitioner series, but anyway. Um, yeah, it's just kind of like, hmm, this is interesting. Okay. Oh, right. Hi, Simon, my brother. He's saying, this is so amazing and revelatory. I love your word, Simon. Uh, it has expanded my understanding of the afterlife and how it works so much. Many of my questions have been answered, plus it has found even more. <laughs> That's so good. Hi, Mandy, and I see you in your video. <laughs> um, wow, this is very informative. Considering my mom had schizophrenia, oh, feeling big heart for your mom, and struggled with chemical addiction, and since my soulful journey started in 2018, before my mom passed, I've questioned so much 
her sudden and unexpected death in 2018 has been a catalyst in understanding what is important. I'm really learning that my challenge lay between wanting logical mind answers and wanting a deep source connection. It's felt like a pulling apart. It was stage four cancer that took her. My mom had been off drugs for a while by then. Oh, oh sister, I'm just giving huge hugs to you and to your mom. Um, oh. Yeah, beautiful. I I don't know. I I think I don't know if you and I have done a reading. I hope we have. Please reach out to me. Um, we can do a whole session um with more insights about this. I yeah. I, there's I mean, there's just a lot that's coming to me about this whole situation and how I'm sure there were many, many times throughout your life where you felt like you were the mother of your mom. And that's a I mean, you deserve a hug for that. I, it's interesting how many humans I meet like that. Um, and I just like, you're the mom. And like, or you're like your mom's, you're like the parent, and if it's a boy, but like, you're like the parent of your mom, aren't you? Um, and how, I mean, it's unfair, right? That's not ideal in this reality. We should all get our own mom, not have to be the mom when we're little, especially. So um, yeah, I just have a lot of compassion and my idealism is like, well, that's not fair, you know, anyway, so just giving you a big hugs. Um, and so, glad, so glad this was informative. Okay, good. Um, and Mandy's, I just, yeah, I was looking to see if she had a follow-up. She said, does autism ADHD fall into the same range of mental health and not coming into the fullest range of soulfulness and reincarnation? I, I was wondering the same thing. And those with super challenging disabilities, I know it's possible to design that from a widest range of soulfulness, that that's an option and that is chosen. I know it's an option. I, I know it's also not chosen very regularly. I also know that those with disabilities, it can be an incarnation from the, right, from the widest range of soulfulness. And yet something just, something just kind of goes the other way. And it's like, oh, I thought I was going to be like a walking, talking <laughs> kind of human. And I'm not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, there's still love. There's still, you know, nothing changes in terms of the unconditional love, grace, compassion. And I'm like, okay, let's see what this is like. Right. I kind of um, wanting to make the most out of every life. That's the attitude of the soulfulness. So that can definitely happen. So um, autism yeah, and ADHD can happen that way as well. And I'm asking about the Asperger form of autism, which I have this passion center towards um, Asperger's. Yeah, that can be both. Really? Asperger's can happen from the afterlife window. That doesn't sound right. Because that, that can't happen by accident. I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but ask, look up Asperger's if you don't know what that is. Um, I don't think high IQ happens by accident, you guys. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so Asperger's, oh, um, I mean, it can be, all of those can be a design feature that is that uh, the widest range of soulfulness is very curious about and it designs it in. And it can be something that happens, um, not planned, but things happen in incarnations, lots of things happen in incarnations. Um, 
so it can be that. And then that Asperger's is definitely inclusive of a, I mean, because of the super high IQ, that that isn't like an accidental thing. That that is a that's normally a, a design feature that's put in. Um, and high IQ doesn't have to automatically mean Asperger's, but Asperger's, as far as I know, the definition always means high IQ. Um, yeah. I know some As Aspies. Love them. Love them. Okay. Um, I have what? You have Asperger's, Mandy? They got to you. Yeah. 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 I, I, I wish I knew which Mandy you were. Cause I'm like, have, have, well, just tell me, have we had a session? Which Mandy are you? <laughs> um, we haven't had a session. I really want to have one. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mandy, I really, I really want to have a session with you too. Um, send me an email afterwards and, and I'll help make that happen. I, I have this huge, um, uh, somehow Aspies kept showing up in my work and then in my life. And I'm like, oh my God, I really like understand Aspies in a really soulful way of, of like what works, what works better for Aspies and what works, what doesn't work as well for Aspies and helping them understand themselves. Um, it creates a whole different version of like, okay. And one metaphor I like to use, you may have heard me say it, um, is Aspies remind me of more like Spock than Captain Kirk. <laughs> still very loving very caring and very wise but not not mushy in the emotional body right like Kirk is like oh it's just so sad and Spock's like get a hold of yourself your commander you know what I mean <laughs> captain be in charge so Aspie is just work with the emotional body in such a different way it's almost like a sophisticated advanced version of the heart chakra is how it's been shown to me um, that isn't as susceptible or even gullible to emotional, emotional triggers that a lot of us Kirkies <laughs> kind of like. <laughs> so it's really cool. Anyway, please email me afterwards. So I have your email um, and then I'll we'll get in touch, make it happen. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I love you. Okay. Nice. All right. Let's see. Simon said, even after years of regular meditations, I'm not sure. I've even come close to reaching my other layers. That's okay. That's okay, Simon. I'm a strong brain too. <laughs> and I, I get it. Um, I, yeah, please don't stop trying. And maybe guided meditations are better. Um, you have access to all the, oh God, yeah, there's so many. We used to do remembering workshops. That's so fun. And some of those, the meditations were like 45 minutes long. Um, there's probably over 50 of those. So there's a vault that has them all in there. Um, Simon, let me know if you're interested in those um, and if you think that would help. But yeah, you 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 can't you can't rely on your brain <laughs> to assist you with this. And I know you have a very beautifully strong brain. So you're gonna need to find a way to work around the brain. And I like to pretend that I give my brain something else to do. Like, okay, you go do the spherical puzzle and the rest of me is gonna, you know, get the feels. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, thank you. And I hope that, yeah, I'm so glad I'm so glad I heard the Lisa say like, no, I came in late. Like it wasn't like you weren't being fair. Thank God, literally. Um, Anna St. Carl was very helpful. I have had family members who did suffer from mental health issues, which were described to me upon passing to be in a hospital like setting. That's cool. That's fun validation, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. All right. I think that's a wrap, you guys. Anyone else have any questions? 
that you guys want to talk about or anything? I think I got to everything that we wanted to talk about. This was a big one. This was a big one. Yeah. So in terms of like the going back to the beginning of what we talked about with abortion, I I totally understand. I have allowed myself to understand both sides of the abortion debate. I completely understand those that are like, no, it is a life and you don't get to say whether you're going to have it or not. It has rights. It's a God. But I totally get it. And that's based on their definition of when life begins. And then those that are pro-choice, um, they have a very different version of when life begins. And because of that difference, they will never, those two, those two sides of that issue will never uh, come together because that difference will probably, I predict, always be here. And then it gets more complicated because then even with those that are pro-choice, some are like, well, pro-choice until, and then not anymore. And I, I mean, but yeah, that that's totally fair. If it is a, I mean, yeah. some of those late term abortions, I'm like, whoa, that doesn't. I, I'm not, I'm not supportive of that. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Women's life, it's a mother's life at stake. That kind of thing. That and I, anyway, it's complicated. I'm so glad I don't have to decide all of that for everybody. Yeah. Anyway, it's complicated, right? Um. Anyway. I guess that's it. Okay. No more chats in the live. That's good. I think we're a wrap. I love you guys. Thank you so much for, for those of you that were here. Um, thank you so much for being here. It's always great to be alongside you guys. Great to meet you, Mandy. Um, send me that email. It's jill at jillrenefeeler.com. <laughs> Get something started. Um, and yeah, thank you. For those of you that are in the replay, I love you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed this. This is a, this is a big one. <laughs> we may want to watch and listen to this one again. Um, there's a lot here. I'm so glad it it cleared things up. And it was, as to use Simon's amazing word, revelatory. That's something I strive to be. Anyways, perfect. I'm so glad to hear that. That makes me very happy. Um, yeah, good. Um, let's see, what else? To our Roku viewers, thank you so much for being a Roku subscriber. Um, I love Roku. <laughs> and I love that we have a channel on Roku. And that was not free. And <laughs> a pay for somebody to create that for me. So I'm glad that you're enjoying it. And it's right alongside all your other all your other viewing things. Um, yeah. Okay. Do I want to say anything else? Oh, yes. Upcoming events for those that don't know. Um, so we have a Mexico trip planned. Uh, for those of us in the northern hemisphere and the colder climates, by February, I'm just like, I need sun. <laughs> like, I need sun. I need beach. I need warmth. I just need out of here. I need a break from this winter. I'm done. Done with winter. Uh, I definitely get like that. I was wondering if others did too. So we put together this amazing trip in the Yucatan. It's um, Thursday to Thursday, February 9th through February 16th is over Valentine's Day. And I know that's a that's a deal breaker for some of you. And I understand, but maybe you can bring your spouse, your partner with you. Um, I'm bringing my partner with me. Jeff is coming. Um, he's like, I'll be your assistant. Now that he's on sabbatical slash retirement, he has more freedom to do these things. So this is going to be super fun. Um, for him to be there and do we have a lot of great activities planned we're going to have great meals we're staying in this beautiful little um, what used to be a fishing village that's definitely less touristy than the, the main areas of Cancun and Tulum um, we're going to two of the some of I mean they have a lot of amazing places to see but we'll do a morning a, a sunrise tour of Chichen Itza we'll see at a really 
a little humble, but a, a nice clean three-star hotel for two nights there first. We'll do the um, pre-sunrise and sunrise tour of Chichen Itza, and then we can go back in later in the day. We'll do their awesome cenotes, which are these freshwater underground um, riverways and pools that are throughout the Yucatan. They're amazing. They're so otherworldly. I mean, sometimes the color blues and the color greens in these areas, just magical, absolutely magical. We're going to do the best ones um, in the area. So we'll do Chichen Itza. We'll do Koba one day, which is a temple that you can still, I keep saying temple. I guess it is kind of a temple, but the pyramid. Um, we'll climb to the top of the pyramid. I hope they're still letting us. They stopped letting you climb during COVID. I'm like, oh, this, what, what did that have to do with COVID? Anyway, whatever. Another area of like, huh? Anyway, so I think we'll be able to climb Koba, which is super fun. Um, we will do a connecting meditation kind of message in Koba at the the arena, the arena has some darker kind of storylines of what it was used for and things like that. And I, I don't know. I just feel like if we do a message there, it'll maybe kind of lighten up some of the energy there. Um, sometimes I wonder if some of those stories were even true about the, the brutal, you know, the brutishness of these earlier civilizations. So anyway, um, we'll do Koba. We will do a snorkeling a uh, boat ride out to their reef. The Great Mayan Reef is amazing. The snorkeling is incredible. So good. Um, and for those that want to dive, I think there will be a diving option. You'll have to pay extra for that. Sorry. But I think we'll be able to do that at the same time. Um, so we'll figure that out or we'll figure you guys out to do your own private tour, maybe do that and you can just pay extra for that. Um, we're going as an option to the Cyan Khan Reserve. That is a freshwater area. Again, um, it's a huge, I can't remember how many square miles it is, but it's a huge protected area nearby. They have dolphins there. They have um, crocodiles. <laughs> dolphins and the crocodiles, it's like, can I see one and not the other? Yeah, I'm kind of curious about seeing a crocodile. I've never seen one in the wild. Um, there is this mangrove uh, mined lazy, natural lazy river that we just bob down. We get life jackets on and it's just, it's just magical. It's so fun. And that area is, uh, is very playful in spirit. And I do hope we see the dolphins. We may not, but I hope we do. But even just bobbing down the, the natural lazy river is just awesome. But the food is great. I know we'll have some margaritas for those that want some. It's a beautiful villa that we're staying in. Um, I do only have one spot left where, where the first group is staying. But if there are enough of you that are interested in the trip, just go to joereneefeeler.com forward slash Mexico trip 2023. Um, and then you'll get there. You can look at it. I already know of another villa that's just two houses, two down from our villa. And that would be the perfect place to put another extension of our group. And we can still do all the gatherings. We can still do all the tours together. And you guys can literally just walk. It's so close. I've, I've stayed in the villa where we're going to stay. And I've always wanted to stay actually in the villa that's two houses down. So the villa go again. Um, it's gorgeous. It's modern. It looks, oh, just it's beautifully designed, a beautiful pool, beautiful view, just like we have. So that one literally could just be kind of walking back and forth from villa to villa and do all the activities together. And how much time do you spend in your room on a retreat like this anyway? Not that much. Yeah. Anyway, so let me know if you're interested um, and we can get you registered and I can get going. If I have enough people on a wait list that are really committed, then I'll book the villa again. But Otherwise, I there is it's a no refund thing. Once I book it, I need to fill that with at least I think seven or eight people for it to be 
cost-effective for me to, to pay that money. So, okay, good. <laughs> All right, so that's going on. Um, I have more interviews that I haven't shared yet, darn it. There's like three that I've done that I have not shared on my um, on my website yet or on the community page. So I apologize for that. I don't know why I haven't. They're good interviews. Um, and then there is a new interview coming up. I think it'll be released this week from um, Dr. Drew. Um, if they decide to release it, I hope they do. <laughs> I, I think they will. If they said they would. I think he liked it. Anyway, we'll see. I feel a little nervous about that one. Anyway, I hope it's good. I think it's good. I enjoyed it, but we could it could have been so much more. And that's true. So anyway, I guess that's it. I love you guys so much. Thanks for the little update time too. Okay, bye.